Welcome to CapeCast Audio 20. This is the weekly 20-minute podcast from the city of Cape Coral, Florida. I'm Connie Barron. I'm the city's public information director, and I'm your host for this podcast. My guest today is our city clerk, Rebecca Van Dudekom. Rebecca, welcome to CapeCast. I'm happy to be here, Connie. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about the city clerk and the role of the city clerk here in Cape Coral. But before we do, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what brought you and your husband to Cape Coral? I'll be happy to. Um, We moved to Cape Coral back in 2004. We actually uh, lived in Colorado for a number of years, Um, lived there in Estes Park for about 20, Uh, was in municipal work there. I was a deputy town clerk for the the, uh, town of Estes Park. Uh, My husband and I decided that we just couldn't take the cold anymore, and so we had visited uh, Florida on several occasions. We're born and raised in Louisiana, so we always intended to come down to Florida, um, and of course we're sailors, which I think some people know, some people may not. So the draw for us was the water here, and of course what a wonderful playground this area is for sailing. So we decided to pack everything up, move down here. We got here two days before Charlie, and it's been uh, <laughs> a very interesting ride. Uh, we've been with, uh, actually I've been with the city since 2007. So started out in the city manager's office, and then when uh, the uh, Bonnie Potter, who was our last city clerk, retired um, in 2010, I was appointed as the city clerk uh, here in Cape Coral. Now, the city clerk's role can be different depending on what state you're in. In Florida and here in Cape Coral, what is the role of the city clerk for us? Well, actually, believe it or not, the core duties for municipal clerks are basically the same, doesn't matter where you are. There are nuances with each state. So Florida's uh, laws are a little bit different than Colorado laws, but the core duties of a clerk basically are the same across the board. So you don't really see uh, too many differences from state to state. Sometimes the differences might be as to how the city clerk is appointed. Uh, well, yes, uh, it, it is. You can have either an appointed uh, clerk or um, an elected uh, position. So, it depends on your municipality whether or not it is an appointed position and a contract too. Uh, and a contract, that's true. Uh, in some instances, it might be the clerk uh, and auditor, or the clerk and HR director together. I mean, it depends on the structure of the organizations. Um, so, it just varies. Uh, Florida. Uh, basically is the same that what I'm accustomed to. Uh, There weren't too many uh, major differences. Most of the time with the city clerk, I think probably one of the core responsibilities that does uh, permeate across all states is they are the the, um, uh, holder of all the public records for a municipality or a county government and they are responsible for keeping them according to state statutes, and that might differ from state to state, and then they also provide them to the public. So what about the public records policy that we have here in Cape Coral? Uh, Yes, uh, uh, we do have, of course, by statute, we have certain requirements that we have to follow. We, We are the keeper of the records and all the historical documents for the city. Uh, We do have, uh, by statute, certain um, restrictions 
for maintaining documents, um, and that we have to follow those laws, of course. Um, and it could vary. Um, the retention schedule varies uh, depending on the document, depending on what it is. Some documents are permanent retention. Um, so uh, we have to, of course, make uh, plans to um, manage those records, and those records start from the very first day the city started. So uh, we do have uh, some documents that we keep in-house, and then we have a storage facility that we utilize um, in um, Fort Myers. Give the listeners an example of a document that requires permanent retention and a document that may have limited retention requirements. Okay, for instance, uh, permanent retention would be your ordinances, your laws. Um, So that's an easy one. Most people understand what an ordinance is. Um, That would be permanent. And then, for instance, a letter. If you wrote a letter, uh, that has a shorter retention period, and that could be, you know, uh, like a year, or three years, or, you know, whatever that is. I, it, it, sometimes it's based on the subject matter. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we have schedules that we are in all the time just to make sure that, uh, that we are uh, following the rules that we're supposed to follow. What about so. what about building documents? Because building, at least in a few years ago, was a really big thing here in Cape mm-hmm. Coral, and it's starting to pick back up again. But what about building documents? Permanent retention for your building plans and things like that. So uh, what we try to do, uh, understanding and um, which maybe people don't really think about, is those are permanent retention. And so what we've been trying to do is scan in as much as we can Uh, so that we can keep those um, in a digital format because paper does, uh, of course, start to deteriorate. So, uh, but that is permanent retention, the the, uh, permits, the construction plans, site plans, all of those things, Uh, road plans, all of your utility um, uh, documents and things like that. So uh, we have to... um, save those and store those so if a member of the public then wants to get a public record they have to come to your 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 department yes they come to the department well i i guess let me let me qualify that uh somewhat uh they don't have to come to our department typically they will come to our department because a lot of people do know that that's one of the functions uh in our department um uh some departments um provide documents to citizens, records to citizens, and if it's something that they can uh, pull up easily, they do that. We don't require that people come through us. Um, but we do get a majority of the traffic. Right, a because majority. I, cause I know from a policy standpoint with the city, we like to try to funnel all of those public records requests into the city clerk's office so that we have some record of what's being requested and and the timeline for it being provided. Exactly. And I think over the years it's probably gotten to the point where most staff members um, know that we can uh, retrieve those documents fairly easily. And if it is something that we would have access to, they would just refer people down to our office. Uh, so, yes, we, uh, we do uh, prefer that, <laughs> uh, but it's not a requirement. If someone comes in wanting a record, uh, you know, they're, they're, going to, they're going to get it if it's something that is, you know, a document that we have. What kind of a workload do you have down there for public records requests? I know it can be um, pretty heavy sometimes. It is. We average, have been averaging over 650 requests a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that's 
every request. Uh, the vast majority of requests that we have are for building permits and site plans and things like that. In fact, I believe the last uh, statistic that I saw was around 75 percent, and that, that's holding pretty steady. So most of our activity is generated from DCD in the building department. And uh, that's why there is such a push by uh, my staff um, to scan as much as we can in so that we have those records so that staff down there can just refer people down to us. They don't have to stop what they're doing to issue new permits in order to look up an old permit. And so uh, we do try to uh, help out DCD as much as we can and scan in everything that we can so that we can retrieve it quite easily. So, Are there any charges for these public records? Uh, there are charges for public records, um, and that is listed in our code of ordinances. It's approved. Um, depending on what you want, the fees vary. Uh, if we can do something electronically, we try. We, we actually try to do that if we can because there really is no fee for that if it's not an extensive records request. And with extensive records requests, we, ha we had a policy, we changed the policy, and then we went back to the original policy. And uh, basically that allows a member of the public to come in uh, if they have a request and it takes less than an hour to gather the records and scan them or, or whatever is required of that, there's no charge for that other than the cost of the doc, the actual paper if it has to be printed. That's correct. If they want a piece of paper, then it would be the 15 cents. If they want a, a CD, something like that, that's a dollar. Uh, but you're right. If it's under an hour, then there is no charge for that. And the um, extensive policy is anything over an hour and this is we we are very upfront with uh, people that come in if we can tell when they put a request in we've done it so much now so we can usually tell if it's going to rise to that level of extensive and uh, we let them know we ca we give them an estimation of what it will cost before we even proceed with it and they can let us know if they want us to go forward with it. Uh, there's staff time that can be calculated in there uh, depending on who works on that request and so uh, and we do have extensive requests. Um, it's not uncommon to have uh, to have that. So Especially we, during political seasons. Yes, yes. They, they tend to pick up. They that pick point. up a little bit <laughs> at that time. Uh, with them with the, with the public, the public records, that, that's one service that the city clerk's pro, uh, office provides. Another service is with the Citizens Action Center. Yes. Uh, that's a very uh, well-used service as well. So explain to our, our listeners out there what the Citizens Action Center provides. Well, the Citizens Action Center was established in 1999, and it was uh, they put it in place to have a one-stop uh, shopping uh, for, you know, uh, issues and things like that, a one-stop call center. Uh, it started in November of 99, and over the years, they've handled over 360,000 phone calls, and they've entered 109,000 tickets. I just have some new stats on that. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, and the the purpose of that is to provide citizens an easy place uh, for them to start. Uh, if there is any issue whatsoever, uh, call the Citizens Action Center, and the number is 574-0425. Start there, and um, the, the beauty about that is we, we log it into the system. 
um, the staff in the Citizens Action Center not only um, track it, they follow up on it, and they will call you back if you want to call back to let you know the status of the request. So rather than you trying to call from department to department and maybe be put on hold or, you know, whatever, uh, voicemail, you can speak to a person. <laughs> right. Uh, they will log it in. They will track it. And, um, and it allows us to monitor those issues that are recurring problems. And then we also provide that data to council members uh, for each of their districts. We give them a printout so that they can see what those hot issues are within their own um, districts. So it's, it's a wonderful uh, program, and I encourage everyone to, um, yeah, if you have an issue, call the, call the Action Center. And even if it's not an issue that we handle, um, they have access to numbers. Uh, so whether it's a you know, county issue, state issue, whatever, we can point you in the right direction. So it's a, it's a good resource. And they can also submit their complaint or concern or request for service online. Yes, they can do that online. We have a couple of options online. If you go to the uh, Citizen Support Center, there's a, a little box that you can click on there, and you can either submit it if you have a question then you can submit it at one location, and we can provide just a general response to you. If it's a request for service, and that goes to the Citizens Action Center for them to log it in and follow up on. What do you find to be the most common uh, complaint or concern? Well, I think that um, we have issues, of course, um, I think it depends on the type of, you know, the time of year, too, because we, you know, seasonal issues might raise, like, uh, swales, you know, water and swales or tall grass or, you know, or something like that. Um, and depending on how it's coded, because, you know, we don't have a huge amount of flexibility to be really specific, so some things may be lumped in together. So if you were to pull up a, a report, it may show that, uh, you know, broken something broken, you know, maybe a category that is uh, lumping everything together. So, you know, as far as that goes, it it's hard to tell if there's one particular item that rises to that level. But I think typically it's probably some some work that needs to be done, whether it's work in a swale, like if they have some issues with a broken water line or something like that. Um, and so I would say that it it, it that would probably be the most uh, the most swales and tall grass swales and tall grass. I know that those are yeah, and it and it varies. You know, like the dry season, we know we're gonna not have those calls and then the other you know so it just kind of varies yeah, and probably when the rainy season gets kicked in too potholes tend to be a, a pretty big, big one so for our listeners out there that number again is five seven four zero four two five or go to the city website at www.capecoral.net and then click on the citizen support um, box there on the right column now let's talk about one of the newer services that the city clerk's office uh, is offering and that's passport service I'm very pleased about this particular uh, service that we provide. Um, in August of 2010, we received our official notification that we were deemed a passport services facility. Um, some citizens may know the, the county um, in 2010, like a lot of municipalities, were uh, cutting back on some things to try to save money, and they opted to close the Cape Coral services here for passport, uh, new passports. Um, and so when that happened, we stepped in, uh, and that was actually right after I came on board. That was one of the first um, 
uh, new services that I, uh, I felt very strongly that, you know, we needed to go after. I, I know the previous clerk had attempted to do that in the past, but with it being so close, the Department of State never thought that it was appropriate to issue, a, a, you know, designate our site. So Right, that's because the Lee County they clerk's, provided clerk's office is within walking distance of, of the city hall. Exactly. So that was always something we were turned down over the years. And so um, so anyway, we, we uh, started that in August of 2010, and, and we basically provide the service for new passports, because as you probably are all aware, uh, if you're renewing your passport, you don't have to go through a third party or second party, whatever. Uh, you can just fill that out and apply, you know, turn it into the Department of State yourself. But for new passports, there are quite a few things that you have to make sure you have everything in order. And so that's what we do. Uh, we make sure that all of your documents are in order, they're filled out correctly. Your photograph is taken appropriately. We uh, make sure the fees are, are there. And so so uh, anyway, we, we uh, since then, I, the first year that we were um, taking passports, um, we, the net um, income that we received from that uh, was a little over $86,000. Um, because, of course, we can charge a $25 uh, processing fee to make sure everything's in order. And so uh, those monies that are collected go right back into the general fund. And I will tell you, the people that we see are not all Cape Coral citizens. So uh, we get people from um, Charlotte County, of course, Lee County. We get people from all over. And that's one of the benefits that you and I were talking about before we started the podcast, is that if you come to the city clerk's office, there's usually no waiting. You don't have to take a number like you would if you were at the Lee County Clerk of Court's office. That's correct. We usually get people in fairly quickly, in and out. And I know you said that with renewals that people can do the renewals themselves. They don't have to come down and go through all the paperwork, but you do provide the service of taking the photographs for them because when I needed to renew my passport, I came down to the city clerk's office and they took care of my photo for me. Yes, we do have those uh, the capability of taking the photographs and we're also there to answer any questions you might have if you do have a renewal. So we're there to help. And that's a, the cost for the uh, pictures is what? It's $10. 10 bucks. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. So if somebody wants uh, more information, what number should they call? They should call 574-0411. That is the main number. And if you need a passport and you want to come down to the city clerk's office, what are your hours of operation? We're open 730 to 430 and uh, Monday through Friday. And so far, as you said, the response that you've received has been very positive from the community. And this is one example of where the city stepped up to fill a void. Yes, uh, we were very concerned about uh, having citizens go across the river. Um, so we did, uh, we were able to do it, and we were very happy to do so. Well, Rebecca, I thank you very much for joining me today on Cape Cast Audio 20. We'll be back later on this year to talk about some other great events coming up. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time on Cape Cast Audio 20.